This episode is brought to you in partnership with Life Kitchens. Life create kitchens to be lived in, planned around your life and the way you live it. Explore their unique ranges and book a design consultation for a personal and practical approach to kitchens. Visit life-kitchens.co.uk. I've very much learned about how important it is to make spaces effortlessly welcoming and easy to use. So that's always been part of the initial planning of how you might furnish a room, just as important as what colour it might be or what fabrics you might use. Hello, I'm Carol Annett from Country and Townhouse magazine. Welcome to the House Guest podcast, where I chat with experts from the world of interior design and decoration, the people behind the houses, hotels, shops and brands you see in glossy magazines like ours. If you listen on the Entail app, there's more information and images on the projects and people mentioned. And if you're doing up your own home, hopefully you'll pick up some tips for yourself. Today, I am delighted to say that I'm sitting in the Cotswolds with Karen Hibbert, who is founder and creative director of Time at Southrop. And we're in the farmhouse in a beautiful drawing room with the fire lit. It's very cosy. Now, this is your family run destination, Karen. And I have to say, I have been here a few times and it is one of my very favorite places in the world. You've created something that's very, very special. Tell us a bit about time and how it came about. Yes, well, we started really with um, some derelict agricultural farms really and um, it was a a project to restore those and I think to start off with we we didn't really know where we were going Um, and it was all about the buildings and trying to keep them pure and um, beautiful but also to re-establish them as working buildings and the last building we did um, in the first iteration was was the Tithe Barn. It was the most difficult building because it had the most um, complicated planning restrictions on both what we did with it and how we used it. And so that's when we decided to do a cookery school because of my love of cooking and entertaining. And it was at a time when there really weren't any cookery schools. And I felt it was something that was true to what what we loved. And so that was the first thing we did. And actually that, it really all time has grown from that cookery school. So we have the vegetable gardens and it was very much about introducing people to a different sort of cooking, which started with the land and really was with the seasons and walking to vegetable gardens, picking your vegetables. And also we built it around being family space so that um, people cook together and then eat in the Tide Barn. So that's really where it started. And it's been quite an extraordinary journey because now you have, is it 34 bedrooms? We have 31 bedrooms. 31 bedrooms. And you have a lovely restaurant, which your son Charlie is the chef at. Yes. And you have Millie, your daughter, working in yes. the, um, you have a quite a big retail sp- yes. space here yep. going on. Yep. But what's extraordinary about you, Karen, is that you actually have a medical background. Yeah. And then it's all kind of come from that and with your passion for family life and nature and just sharing, sharing what yeah. you have. So tell us a bit about what you started out okay. doing. <laughs> Well, I think, I mean, it is, it is really, time is really me and it is what I love. So it started out very much as a a journey. I wanted to do something that I I liked and I I was proud of. 
Um, but you went to medical school. I, I did. I went to medical school, and 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 I think I mean it's sort of done a full circle because the latest iteration that we're we're adding, I and mean, it's very much an evolving story, is really going back to my uh, medical roots. But um, when I had the children, I, I worked in obstetrics and gynaecology and, and had all three children working as a doctor. I had all three very close together within three years. And I, I wanted to be a mummy as well. Um, and so I decided that I would stop for a while, always thinking that I would go back. But that's when I started. Actually, I was, was, was had some group of friends who became involved with building a children's hospice called Chase, which was at, at Lowesley Park. And um, in those early years, we were fundraising, was doing art exhibition, we started art exhibition at the Royal College of Art and um, a fashion show. And I did some sort of events with um, Giorgio Locatelli when he first came over to London and fabulous wine tasting with the lovely Patrick Sanderman. And that's when I realised that there was this whole world out there, which was just so much fun. Um, and and why, the really, why did you choose to come here? Well, I wanted to come out to the country and I didn't really know where to go because I grew up in Leicestershire and my husband wasn't interested in going, going there. And Jerry grew up in Oxford. So he and his cousins live around here. So we knew this area and loved it. And when Southwark came up, Southwark Manor came up, on the market it was an easy decision because there were the connections here I'd, otherwise I don't think I'd have been brave enough actually because <laughs> <laughs> I never really started out planning to do something quite so quite so big I think yeah, and what I love is we had a wander around this morning mm. around all the rooms and and you're very much like um you you're sort of like the mother of everybody you know it's Hi, Karen. And yes, if you could just do this and checking all the blinds and, you know, if the floor needs sweeping or I mean, you have such an eye for detail, yeah. things that are well, right. I think, and well, I think the thing is, I mean, if, when you come here, you have to realise that absolutely everything has come from nothing. I mean, the buildings were completely derelict. They had no useful purpose at all. I've created everything, really. So I've been involved in every detail. So I do know you know, everything that's happened along that journey. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the interior design because it's, mm. you've done all that yourself as well. And you have yeah. the most beautiful eye for pattern and mm. color and botanicals. Cause a lot yeah. of the rooms, or is it all the rooms I think are named after? Flowers. Well, I started with wanting to very much make everything talk about the land. And because it started with the cookery school, herbs were the first way forward with that. So we started with botanical names of herbs for the rooms as the original sort of theme for the room. Uh, yes, so using, using the colour of that herb as a sort of starting point was certainly the first thing we did. What was the first area of the estate that you turned into rooms? So we first started with the cottages, which are just opposite in a little courtyard north of the Ox Barn, and which we did as the first rooms we did when we, when we did the cookery school. And then we started to get more and more people wanting to stay. And the opportunity came to buy the farmhouse, um, which was the next step. And actually, I did work in the farmhouse with Roger Hall. I don't know if you know Roger Hall, who is really an interior architect. And he very much taught me about... Um, the importance of some sort of sort of architectural grandness within spaces that uh, made what was not a very lovely house into, I think, really 
quite a smart house. So he taught me that. But he doesn't like pattern. And I, <laughs> I love pattern. Um, and I always, I, I always love pattern and always love, you know, Liberty London particularly, actually, and all the Liberty prints. And so I've been bolder with pattern and um, started but, to use it more. Yeah, in the, the English Rose Room, um, in particular, has the most divine benison yeah, fabric yeah. as it's um, curtaining. And then you go into another room and there's a Jean Monroe in quite yeah. a sort of um, sharp citrus. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's quite brave colours yeah. as well. Well, I, I've always loved the traditional English country house look. You know, Colfax and Fowler, beautiful floral chintzes. I love it. And nothing pleases me more than the fact that it's coming back into fashion. <laughs> but I, I do think there's a lot, there's, you know, actually it was a sort of thing to, people thought it was very, very unfashionable to like it. When I, when I loved it, I've always loved it. But there's, it's horses for courses. You know, I think it's interesting that in a traditional um, English country house, they do look, they look right. Yeah. But yeah. actually it's important to have a little bit of modernity, I think. And, um, and so, you know, that, importance of some smartness is so important to get that contrast between smartness and you know perhaps a little bit chaos and pattern and they're very modern interiors I mean it's not it's you know you don't feel like you're um you know they're very kind of of the moment and I think you've got some fantastic um ideas and they're incredibly welcoming almost you know all the rooms have everything you need for a jolly nice night <laughs> well, I think how you're going to use space is also something I've really learned because you know when you're inviting people to come and stay and use the spaces that you've created you've really got to think very carefully about how they're going to use it and walk through the guest journey and put yourself into that person's shoes and whenever you walk in a room think how they're going to walk in the room what they're going to be carrying with them where they're going to want to put it where they where they're going to want to sit, you know, where they where they're going to want to put their drink, you know, because we are a um, a place where we want people to relax and um, and come with friends. We wanted to create areas that were perfect for conversation. So um, I think that I've, I've very much learned about how important it is to make spaces effortlessly uh, welcoming and easy to use. So that's always been part of the initial planning of how you might furnish a room, um, just as important as what colour it might be or what, what, what fabrics you might use. Yeah. And what about your own um, designs? Because you've created your own fabrics as well. I have. I know. I have to say nothing's given me more pleasure than doing uh, the fabrics that I, um, I wanted to do pattern. And um, I started to just sketch away a little bit at home. Um, and when we were going to open the Ox Barn, which is um, our main restaurant here, we were thinking how to brand it. And because Charlie was going to be the head chef, it was going to be possibly be much more masculine space. And we thought we might, you know, do an oxen or something on the back of the menu and Charlie said no mum I, I want it to be about plants because he he knows about our, my love of plants um, and to make it true to time and unbeknown to me he took um, one of my drawings to London and sort of fiddled about with it and put it on the back of his menu and and printed it onto jam jar labels and said this is what I want to do mum so I felt really kind of that was just such a wonderful moment for me. And actually 
from there, we, we, you know, my husband had a film um, company in Soho and he, he's a, um, an animator and artist too. And he's been lovely at sort of helping me take some of the drawings and create our patterns with it. And, 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 and I wanted the patterns to, we're calling them patterns of nature. We've, we've very much drawing how things grow. And I think it's interesting because when you look at how things grow, there's a mathematical formula that that sort of extravagant unfurling of, of, of a leaf and how things grow towards the light, which is that kind of blurring between actually what something looks like and how getting some movement in, into the pattern. And so I love to have these sort of kind of unfurling the leaf and these swirls, which are the Fibonacci pattern. Do you know about the Fibonacci? No, I don't. Don't you? Okay, so Fibonacci was a, I'm not going to get this quite right, actually, but Fibonacci was somebody, it's in a formula, and it is the way plants grow. And if you start with the numbers one and two, you then add those two up, that's three. Then the next number is the three plus two, which is five. And then it's five plus three, and it's eight. And if you plot that on the graph, you get the, the swirl of the way mm-hmm. things grow. And... If you look at some plants, you'll see that. You can see the way plants grow. And is that the, is that the oak leaf pattern? Well, no, it's more just a sort of, it's more to about inspire. fluidity. It's more about fluidity. But um, yeah, and I have to say, we've got our, we've got our fabrics into liberties now, Fantastic. which I'm incredibly, incredibly proud of. So the oak leaf has gone in, we, we, we're selling exclusively at liberties. Yeah. Are you going to do some more? We're all do, always doing more. Yes. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to talk about was the water meadow, because that's very close to your heart as well. Yes, yes, we're very lucky we have the river Leach goes through the farm here, and um, the water meadows are um, the floodplains of the river Leach, and they are really the wildest spaces that we have here. And they're my favourite place to go and and to sit. And uh, we recently started to look much more closely at the bird life there. And last year, we've been working with the West Oxfordshire Ornithology Society, who's been been coming and doing a study of the birds. And I met him early in the morning. He said, we've had the most amazing day today. He told me that he'd seen five different sorts of reed warblers that morning. And having lived here for nearly 20 years, I, I'd never even realised there were reed warblers down <laughs> in the water meadows. And he told me that all five of them were migratory from sub-Saharan Africa, which completely blew me away, really. And so I suddenly became quite interested in reed warblers. And the amazing story of these birds that fly from um, Botswana, South Africa, they fly all the way here and spend the summers in our meadows. And of course, the more you look, the more you see um, and realize that they come with the cuckoos and the cuckoos lay their eggs in the reed warbler's nest. And um, I think it is is that telling those stories that inspire us about the importance of reconnecting to nature, thinking about these things, because we are at a moment when you know, nature is threatened, wild spaces are really pressurised, the human-wildlife conflict. And I want to just people to come here to be reconnected to, to nature and to be inspired by it and want to look after it. 
And you're taking that one step further and drawing in your own medical background with a new spa room. Tell us about that. (laughs) So the spa, well, we started building um, this um, a couple of years ago. um, And I wanted a space where people would harness the power of breath. So the power of breathing and scent to reconnect with nature, but also to be deeply relaxing. So opening soon will be our new botanical breathing bothy, which is going to be botanical breathing bothy. Can't wait for that one. Well, I think I think it's going to be really lovely. I mean, it's a very plain space. It's a very neutral space, but very kind of ergonomic and makes you feel really sort of warm and comfortable and nurtured. And what's the scent that's most important to be part of the journey? Well, we've started with the water meadows and we're actually using water mint, which grows abundantly in the meadows here and in and actually all, you know, wet meadows around Europe. And it's absolutely rich in um, essential oils and that releases the menthol into the air, which is just such an iconic smell and always takes me back to the water meadows. And you, you can smell it as you just walk through the grass there in the meadows, there's so much of it. And so the idea that is that you will go into the bothy with a therapist. Yes. And it'll be warm. It's warm and um, it, it, it will be about breathing, but breathing with this breathing balm that we've created, which is full of the essential oils. And that will be combined with treatments from therapists, which will um, feed into relaxation and detoxification. Because your sense of smell is very much linked to memory and emotion. So the whole Mm. point of it is unwinding and relaxation and bringing yourself. Well, breathing is becoming something that people are very interested in. And used properly, it's very powerful. Um, It's the way that you can tap into your uh, autonomic nervous system you've got you've got your and you can calm yourself down so it is the antidote to stress so we have the autonomic nervous system you have the the side that is the sort of flight or fright which is a sympathetic nervous system the parasympathetic nervous system is where if you start breathing consciously you can calm yourself down and it is in, in fact incredibly powerful and we've combined that with scent because scent is as you said it's a pleasurable but b it's connected with memory you can remember it and all of that reinforces that that um, calming and nurturing power of breath it sounds extraordinary and when people come to time what is it that you hope that they will take away with them well I think I want people to relax I want people to have fun I think and I want to, I want people to reconnect with nature. You know, we live in a lovely part of the countryside. And I think when you slow down, you can start to notice the small things. And in our very busy lives, we sort of miss so much that's going on. And I suppose it, I come back to the reed warblers, really, which, you know, having whizzed about, I'd never noticed them. And actually... You know, it is, it, it's, it's healing for us to sit down and, and, and watch these small things and, and be, be marvelled at them and want to look after them. Um, and I think that inspiring that love of nature is something that I really hope to do as well. 
in everything we do from the patterns of nature and our sense of nature and all the food of course that we grow and we serve in the, in the restaurant so very much feeling that you're you're in the heart of the English countryside. Mm. So Karen what are your plans for the coming months? Well I'm absolutely so excited about being able to welcome everybody to time in the springtime because last year was such a wonderful um, wonderful spring but everybody was in lockdown and welcoming to the garden and the other most exciting thing is that we are going to be um, working with Janjar flowers to decorate the bullring gate at the Chelsea Flower Show and that is all going to be um, about Jamjar, they're, they're going to be using, Melissa and Amy are going to be using our some flowers from our water meadows here. And hopefully we're going to be able to tell a little bit about the stories of our weed warblers. And um, we're going to lead on into an exhibition in our wonderful tithe barn here with dry flowers, which Jamjar are going to be creating. And I'm super excited about that because it'll be a lovely thing for people to be able to come here, have lunch, visit our the Jamjar exhibition and walk down and see the Wildflower Meadows. So can't wait for that. Yeah, because also it's a very much a destination. You can just come for the day. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, the Ox Barn and the, and the garden at Bunny. Bunny Guinness has designed the, that south-facing courtyard garden. is just a fabulous place to sit as well. The yeah. other thing about you, Karen, is that you just know everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> and I know they've all been to stay. <laughs> yeah, we Thank do you. have some lovely people staying. It's such fun. Thank <laughs> you so much. It was really lovely chatting Thank to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to House Guests from Country and Townhouse magazine with me, Carol Annett. Don't forget to subscribe to the series on iTunes or Entail, where you can also find images, links and notes to enhance each episode. In the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at Carol W. Annett. And keep up to date on all the podcast news and show notes online at countryandtownhouse.co.uk slash podcast. And please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. For more news and views in the world of interior design, sign up to our newsletter at countryandtownhouse.co.uk and why not listen in to our sister podcast, Breakout Culture with Lord Ed Vasey and Charlotte Fruity Metcalf. <laughs>